Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. The jazz session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the Jazz Session is available for free at thejazzsession.com. You'll also find the latest episodes in iTunes and using an RSS reader, and the links for those things are at thejazzsession.com. There are about 25 shows left until number 300, and I had originally said that in May I was going to do three shows a week and then go back to two shows a week in June. Uh, but I actually still have enough shows in the can from my initial feeding frenzy when I got to New York that I'm going to keep up three shows a week during June, too. Definitely in July I'll be going back to two shows a week. Um, but during June there will be three shows a week, too. And one side effect of that is that the 300th show, I believe, will now be August 11th of 2011. So we've got a, a very short window left in which to get about 60 more members for the show. And uh, I absolutely need that to happen in order to keep this show going. So please, 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 please. Does it sound like I'm pleading? Good, because I am. Please become a member at thejazzsession.com. I really need you. You can do it for super cheap. You can also do it for super expensive, if you prefer. And either of those would be absolutely wonderful. In fact, only one person so far in the show has pledged above the minimum level. So uh, it would be great to get a few more people doing that. Uh, although, 100 members at the minimum level would be fine. It would sustain the show for a while, so that would be great. So please do become a member at thejazzsession.com slash join. A while ago, I was contacted by the label Northern Spy Records, uh, of whom, to be totally honest, I had never heard, and I was contacted by someone I had never heard of. Uh, and they sent a link to download some free music, and I downloaded the free music, and I loved it. And those are the good kind of days when you do the thing that I do, which is where something just comes out of the blue, like out of outer space. I don't even know how this person knew to contact me. I'm so glad he did, and uh, the music that he sent me was awesome. And I was, I was really happy to be kind of introduced to this whole new world of people and music that I hadn't known about. Um, there's going to be at least two examples of things on this label coming up on the jazz session. The first one is today, and it's the band Juclo Duo from Italy. I got a chance to go over uh, to uh, the apartment of the guy who had contacted me from Northern Spy Records, uh, where he was hosting Juclo Duo for their New York appearance. Uh, they played at Issue Project Room in Brooklyn. Had a chance to chat with them, and I was totally charmed by them. It's super nice people, as most people in the jazz world seem to be, you know, kind of ego-free, just out there to make music and, uh, you know, make the world a little better as a result. They are on a tour right now of the United States. So if you go to thejazzsession.com and click on the link uh, in the show notes, you can see if they're coming to your neighborhood. And they probably are, because they're going to a lot of places in the U.S. during this tour, um, as you'll, you'll hear some of them mentioned in the interview. But please, if these folks are coming near you, for one thing, they're from Italy, so it's not like they're going to be coming near you every week. So if they're coming near you, go see them, um, because we need to support this kind of music. We need to support all kinds of music, I think. Go out and see them, and if you do go out and see them, and it was as a result of this show, just say, hey, I heard you on the jazz session, and I'm coming to see you. Why? Just because it would be nice. And, you know, it's it's cool to let artists know that this show has some kind of a reach and an effect. Unless, of course, it doesn't, in which case it's cool for me to just pretend that it does. So, uh, Juclo Duo has released almost everything they've ever put out on vinyl. Uh, in fact, I think I can take almost out of that sentence. I think everything they've ever released has been on vinyl. 
But uh, they made, or the label made, an MP3s of the current uh, 7-inch single. So that's what we're going to hear on this show, some some uh, bits from that. And I'm just going to kind of split them up because the 7-inch single is only two tracks. And uh, so we'll, we'll kind of intersperse bits from them throughout the show. And I would tell you to get ready, but you can't possibly get ready for what you're about to hear. It's just fantastic and, and otherworldly and somewhat brain-melting. And it sounds suspiciously like this. guests are the members of the Juclo duo, and uh, they are Virginia Genta and uh, David Vanzan, and it's a pleasure to have you both here. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for inviting. My pleasure. Uh, uh, I, I, I love this music, and I want to talk about the music, but before we do, I think there are probably many people who will listen to this show and hear about you for the first time, mm-hmm. so maybe we could talk a little bit about how you came together uh, and how the band got started. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we knew each other like 11 years ago. And we started playing like a couple of years after that, like together. So we have, we've been playing together like for all the time. Like we kind of started playing music together, and um, yeah, and with the time, like we we kept on having new guests and new people joining us. Like every time, every time is like different formations, and depending. Most of the time we tour like a duo, but many times we are playing with other people, like according to the places where we are going. And this was in Italy where you started, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you decided to play the kind of music that you play? Because uh, it's, it's not music people are uh, usually exposed to when they're kids or whatever, you know, so it's hard to hear that kind of music often growing up. Yeah. Yeah, we were staying at a friend's place in these days, and um, he has a nine-year-old kid, kid and he's, uh, he's playing double bass. And his father is a big lover of, like, improv and free jazz. So I kind of figured out how how great it is to be exposed to this kind of stuff when you're a kid which is not something that happened to us because yeah we have never been exposed to this kind of stuff when we were when we were kids but we have, we've been always like very curious so we started listening like strange music like when <laughs> we were like teenagers i think it's something that if you are not exposed to like and but if you feel like you can if you are curious to see like uh, to hear new sounds you can you know 
just find it out by yourself. That's something that comes, I don't know where it comes from. Sure. Yeah. Did the so, two of you start out playing, I guess what we might call more traditional music and move into this? Or no, is this what you started never. doing? Yeah, we never played like in a band, like, you know, like any kind of rock band or like any kind of, yeah, or any kind of like classic music either, like never. So you just started at the absolute most difficult place to be a musician by <laughs> just starting right off playing hard free music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, I'm interested. Talk about uh, what kind of audiences you played for when you were starting out in Italy. Was there a... Was oh, there you a, mean in the beginning? Yeah, was uh, there an audience for this kind of music? Well, in the beginning we were playing like still free music, but more like maybe like noise stuff. Okay. Because I used to play guitar, like electric guitar, but just feedbacks mostly. mostly. And um, so most of the people were like kids, like uh, just other people playing. So yeah, it was more like rock, like kind of like experimental rock people going to our shows in sure. the beginning and now it's like I think it's pretty open now because there's like people into like free improv and then there's people more like into jazz coming to our gigs and like people more into like psychedelic even some people who is into like metal you know like sometimes yeah. they show up and they're like oh yeah they probably like only the very hard stuff right like, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> they probably disgust when I start playing notes <laughs> you know? Now, actually, I didn't even mention what instruments you play. You're a saxophonist, and yeah. David's a drummer. Yes. Um, and I mean, really, other than the instrument you play, this music—some of this music—is not all that far from like noise rock. Anyway, mm. I mean, I don't know why. I guess we call it maybe it fits into the jazz camp because it's played partly on a saxophone because it's improvisation. But I don't even know if it needs a category. I mean, it's just yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think it's pretty out. You want? Yes, I think music is music. I and agree. if you have experience about music, you can call rock, jazz, or whatever, but music is music, so the people can put the label, but right. the music is still music. Yeah, exactly. So free or composition is always music. <laughs> there is no, no difference. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. well, because you probably heard the 7-inch that we just released, Yeah. and um, that's more like... When we when we did it, because it was the first time we did a single, because like we did like about like thirty records before this, but they were all like LPs or like yeah, like length, like full length releases. Sure. And, and this, that was the first time, so we were like, it cannot be like something that goes like very long. It must be something that can you know like attract at first, because it's like so short. You know, it must be something. I wouldn't say like for entertainment, but something that you can. Yeah, like for kids, maybe I don't know. Like of course it's for everybody, but. Yeah, it must be something impressive. So it's it's also why we wanted to do this kind of, I wouldn't say rock, but almost you know like young. Right. <laughs> In fact, it was using like double bass drums, like two <laughs> bass drums for that one. Yeah. When I get ready to interview someone, usually I go back and I listen to okay. everything or almost okay. everything. But in your case, that was actually very difficult because almost everything that you've released is on vinyl and it's kind of mm. hard to come by. It's in very small yeah. runs often. Can you talk about why you decided to do that? Uh, it's not really that we decided, <laughs> actually. <laughs> the thing is that like, the first releases, uh, releases we started doing, they were on Kubica, mm-hmm. you know, this label. And, um, and the guy there, he used to do like, only like, limited editions. And uh, he put out our first vinyls. He put out, I think, like 10 or maybe 15 releases of us. And then I think that from that point, everybody's always like, uh, like the, everybody thinks that every of our records are always like limited releases. But sometimes it's not like these two new records, like the seven inch and the 
juggle a quarter track mm-hmm. they are not like so limited and vinyl is because we just like it more and like I don't know I, I never buy any CDs like either I'm like buying vinyl or like just downloading music so yeah that's why and maybe we never yeah, I think we have never had any request from labels to ask for like to do a CD so I think that if someone asks and we have right music because it must be longer so it has to be like something like imagine like something like the seven inch but like for one hour I think right. you just go mad <laughs> you know, at some point <laughs> it's like unbearable <laughs> Can you talk about uh, the quartet and who else plays it with you? When you're um, we are playing with two Finnish uh, musicians, Taro Kempainen, bassist, and uh, Tobias Tiasolo, who is a guitar player. So this is more like, I would say like jazz, but kind of crazy, crazy music. But it's not so, it's not so extreme as like the duo stuff. Okay. Because the guitar player, Tobias, is so... Um, like he has big knowledge about everything on his instrument, and he's been studying a lot of monk and uh, all this. So, and he put out everything there, and um, yeah, and we create more like shapes with the quartet, and there's like some tunes. So the there's composed material yeah. as well as yeah. improvised. Okay. Yeah. Kind of open still. It's not you know like very straight composed, but sure. Yeah. So it's more more easy. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's easier for... Uh, like, we played it for people who never listen to free jazz sometimes, like uh, some friends or like some people we know, and they were like, oh, yeah, I like this. So maybe I hope it can be like a door, you know, because maybe like after that someone can listen to other stuff. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you guys step on stage, do you have an idea of what the evening is going to be like, what the show is going to be like, or do you just step on and go wherever the music takes you? Well, when we play with the, di- with the duo, it's been, like, so long that we've been performing or, like, playing, like, you know, rehearsing, every- like, whatever, because we play, like, every day, always. So it's kind of... It's not even improvisation anymore at some point, because it got so... Like, you know, each, the, each other's playing so well that it's like hard to, <laughs> to surprise so even if sure. we don't talk about play like about what we're gonna do we kind of know 
because it's so it's so structured <laughs> somehow and nowadays and when we play with other people it, it can it can change like we played a gig last Sunday with Arrington the Dionysia and that was just like completely like improvisation just because we never played together before oh well we played another gig one year ago but we never you know performed like or like played longer for a longer time together so yeah it was like just completely like surprise and we had a session yesterday at WFMU with Spencer C. Spencer yeah mm -hmm. and uh, and that was also like we had no idea because like we played together with him once in a like larger ensemble but it was like when when there's a lot of people most of the times you don't understand what's going on right. really <laughs> so that was also like completely like surprise yeah and like the trio like saxophone drums and violin is not something that we do often like if we're going to play with the piano like trio with a piano or trio with a bass they kind of more or less we know what's right. going to happen so it depends you know it depends like like with the quartet is kind of nowadays like a band so it's it's also like like it's the same as with the duo like we know what's gonna happen kind of sometimes right. even too much you'd like to be more <laughs> surprised <laughs> Are there are there any techniques that you use to cause surprising things to happen? For example, when you play together, are there ways that you can get out of the the shared language mm. that you have? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's like a hard question. Well, I guess I guess they are, but sometimes you don't even control them. Like if no, I don't think we use like techniques because if you think about them before, like of course they're not going to be surprising. Right. <laughs> so sometimes they, it happens. Like sometimes, even when we play at home, like just three hours in the two of us, sometimes we are like, ah, oh. like when we stop, we are like, ah, oh, did you hear that? Oh, that was like, what was that? <laughs> so it, you know, but it doesn't happen any time. Like it's not that every gig we play, we are like surprised. It happens sometimes. When it happens, it means that maybe we are going one step farther. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you guys are on a pretty long. Uh, tour here now in in North America. What's it been yeah. like so far? You've been you've been here a while. Uh, yeah, we've been here for a couple of weeks now, but we we only played like uh, two gigs in Philadelphia and one in Washington DC. Mm -hmm. We are starting to tour from tomorrow from today, like issue project room tonight, and then like twenty more gigs. About yeah, we're going to Boston tomorrow and Providence, New Haven, what else? Uh, yeah, Northampton, Albany. And Rochester, Buffalo. Then we are going to Cleveland, and Detroit, Chicago. Yeah, it's quite quite a long tour. It's like all the industrial towns in the United States. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time we toured here, we, we like hit all the like all like the coast in California. Sure. Like even the smallest town, like beautiful like surf surfers towns. <laughs> so it's like this time we, yeah, more like the industrial parts. But it's 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 great. Like we, I like to go. We've been talking about this many times with people from New York, and we like to tour around, not to be only New York. Because yeah. otherwise, people who live in other towns, they never have a chance to to see you. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we are not like we are here, like maybe like once a year, you know, if we make it to come over. So right. <laughs> at the time we come, we like to stay long and do as many gigs as, as we can. Yeah. And now there's someone else joining you tonight at your project room, right? Yeah, Bill Nays. Yeah. yeah, you know him. Mm -hmm. Yes, and he's joining us for all the tour. That's yeah. great. Uh, tell people who he is who might not know. Yeah, Bill Nace is a great guitar player from Northampton, and he played with Thurston Moore and Paul Flyerty and all this Northampton scene. Like, yeah, 
He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. he really is. You're doing a duo thing. He's doing a solo, and then you do a trio. Is that yeah, how it kind works, of? Or? But for like the rest of the tour, we are playing like trio. I think for most oh, okay, of the gigs. Cool. So it's gonna be like I think kind of open. I mean, there will be like parts where it's solo and duo. Maybe like duo like David and him. You know, just combinations. Yeah, and we are playing. Yeah. The trio will be the base for the tour, and then we'll play a couple gigs with Paul Flaherty as well as oh, a quartet. Yeah, Northampton and New Haven. And then in Buffalo, Steve Bazowski, saxophonist, mm-hmm. is joining us. Yeah. And have you played so. with both of them before? Oh, only with Paul Flaherty. Steve, I never met him. Okay. I'm looking forward. Yeah. yeah that's but I, I know his music. Uh, yeah. I'm interested to to know whether, as you look at the history of yourselves as a duo, hmm. have you seen. Uh, kind of a, a gradual evolution in the kind of music that you play. If you if you think back to when you first met, compared to now, do you see kind of an hmm. arc or a story to how you've played together? Yeah, of course. Like we used to think about it like as an evolution. Like like since like one year or two years ago, we were like, yeah, it's you know it's evolving. But then now, like sometimes we just realize it's not even about evolving. It's just changing all the time. And mm. sometimes we hear recordings from the very beginning, and we are like. Oh, this sounds so weird, you know, like so crazy and just totally abstract because we right. just started out. <laughs> and uh, and we are like, I couldn't even play. I, I'm not even able to do this stuff anymore. So it's like, yeah, maybe for, you know, for my own opinion, it can be like an evolution. But for someone else, maybe like he prefers the earlier stuff, you know, <laughs> sure, you never yeah. know. Like, you know, it's so subjective. So it's not yeah. it's not like you're consciously moving in a direction. You're just changing. No, as we you are change, we are right? consci- co- like consciously moving. Most of the times we are like kind of deciding what what we we want to do. But it's like so much changing and it's so open. Like the the range is so wide of things that we we do. Like especially when we are like, like a, at our place, we are just always working on so many different things, and it's even too much some at some point because it's. Like so many recordings, and and most of of the times it's just like experiments and things that we are just trying out. But I think it's pretty conscious, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and being like two persons, you know, it's not like being like always working together. It's not like being alone, and then like having someone working with you, like changing everything. Because if you are two, you can easily talk talk like a lot and and see what uh, how things. You know, you can have like more like a objective view. Because like if if you're alone, you just think, you're just mm, conscious about your own thoughts. But if you are like two people, always like working together, you can exchange, you know, thoughts and yeah, and find new new ways of expression. Sure, yeah, it's easier maybe. <laughs> Were there some people that you both listened to when you started playing that you thought this is an example of the kind of thing I'd like to do? Uh yeah, we plan about that. <laughs> I'm asking if he wants to speak a little bit. I think we, yeah, the the town where we grow, where we grew up, is a very small town, like really tiny. Even, even not a town, it's kind of a village. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there was nothing going on, like no gigs of any kind. Like only when we got a bit like older, we and we started like going to gigs, you know, moving around more. But when we were like 15. We were just like curious and trying to. I was trying to listen to my father's LPs from the seventies, like like some prog stuff. Like he even had a couple of rec- like free jazz records. And I think I remember like this this first time we listened to this Ornette Coleman record, which was not even not even like a proper record, but just like kind of compilation. And we are like, oh, what is this? And he was playing violin. 
and that's like when we were like and we were like 16 i think and we were like what what is this and yeah it's funny and yeah i think we got very involved into like jazz as well from the very beginning i remember i was listening to this tape of like very crappy like jazz stuff like you know not not nothing good just like mainstream stuff sure. something like that i don't even remember who was on this tape like compilation and my father heard i was listening to this and he's like come on why do you listen to this shit like <laughs> and he gave us this like this monk like this Thelonious Monk tape and another one by Charlie Parker and Miles Davis. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is better. <laughs> and then we met this guy who was, like, older than us. And he was, like, a big, you know, like, CD collector. Like, like really, like, buying a lot of, like, avant-garde stuff and, like, improvisation. And, and he was, I think, the first one who was, like, exposing us, like, giving us, like, a, yeah, kind of some tips. And we were, like, I think about, like, 17, yeah, in high school. And we were like, wow, and so many things, you know, and like just a new world opening from the power horizon. Right. And one of the first records he gave us to listen, like he gave this Alice Coltrane, Journey Sachidananda, and uh, Space is the Place by Sarah. Ra- and then he was like, just take this and listen. And we went back home and we were like, what? And <laughs> I think we only listened for that, those two records for like three years. <laughs> no. no, many other things, of course. <laughs> started playing did, when you started playing as a duo you originally were playing guitar or? yeah but it was different yeah that was different it was, it was more like a noise project sure yeah so when did you make the decision to switch over to saxophone um i think kind of uh yeah when i found it yeah, right. kind of, yeah. <laughs> i found this like crappy alto like very old from like the beginning of like 20th century and i was like ah this, this is nice i was like yeah it's not so expensive maybe i'll try to get it but it was so damage like really destroyed and it, there's this one story i really like to tell people because it was so funny like i just started i just got a saxophone for like two months and uh, paul flyerty and chris corsano they were touring italy and europe i think for the first time the first time they came to europe and we went to one of the gigs they had and paul afterwards i was going to paul and say yeah that, this is really like yeah you blow you blew me out like and that was the first time they were probably so like live gig of this kind of stuff I didn't even know how to speak English, like, at all, maybe. But I was just like, oh, this is great. And he's like, and he saw I had, like, an, an alto with me. And he's like, ah, coming to the next gig tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, let's, you know, let's try. And then we went there, and, like, I was playing, but just, like, you know, I didn't know how to play, just <laughs> screaming. And and uh, I was so surprised that Paul was like, yeah, that's great, like, keep on. So it was like, he's, he's great, you know. He's always, like, keep giving enthusiasm. 
to younger play, younger players. Like still now, every time we met, is like, yeah, keep on, like don't give up. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important to do the same, you know. Like everybody, oh, I don't know if everybody, but what what we want to do is like play this music live because I think it's important. Because records, like not everybody can have access to them. Live gigs, maybe some people can, some other not. Like people who live very far out, maybe they probably they cannot be there. But it's, I think it's important. I really like when there are like the shows are all ages, so like mm. everybody can. Because I don't think this is some, something only for a few people. I think it can be like for whoever. And I don't see why only because it's like different. It must be like for like few people. Yeah. So, yeah. Does the reaction of the crowd change how you play or affect how the show goes? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Well, it it depends. Sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes you you find like the audience very very cold, and then you maybe kind of like lose a little bit of you know passion. <laughs> but it's not. I think that the most important thing is like the acoustic of the place. Like most of the times, that's like the that's play what what plays the big part, because sometimes. Yeah, because we are always playing like acoustic, like so it's that's a big part. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you're playing rooms where they have like very shitty sound, and it's just like like all the time you're just waiting to finish the concert somehow because it's like like a nightmare. Like, oh, come on, I don't hear anything. And yeah, but I think yeah, audience. It depends because like we have some other projects which are like very quiet, like when I play like soprano and. Uh, and David is playing like either like percussions, like not maybe like not drum kit, but like percussions, gongs, like really like meditative things. And, and these things you cannot play like in bars or stuff like that. Because right. with the duo, we can even play in, in bars. Like we've been doing it and you are louder than the people talking. So there's no, right. not so much, you know, they, they shut up when you start, they understand. But when you're playing like very quiet stuff, then it, then you need like the audience to be, you know, present i mean you would need it every like every time but it's not so easy yeah. it's just it's just not easy nowadays to get the audience involved because most of the places they cannot they cannot afford to be just like a concert room they always need to have a bar so like some people come from the gigs but a lot of other people they just come to drink and get wasted so it's not easy <laughs> sometimes yeah is there a difference between uh, European audiences and American audiences where this music is mm. concerned? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, While well, in Europe, it it can change from country to country and from situation. To, well, here too, you know, it depends on situations. But I think maybe, yeah, uh, we had very good experiences uh, of good audience in Germany. More, more for like the psychedelic things, like for the very quiet, like very respectful and there's good audience in Finland and in Denmark. They they really go, like they are really into it, and they yeah they they respect the music. And here too, I think it's it's probably people get more excited maybe here. That's probably the difference. Like in Europe, maybe they listen more, like trying to analyze more, like to try to understand what you're doing. And sure. here maybe they get more like excited more easily. So, you know, I like both. I like both. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live in Rochester where you're going. Oh, okay. And because there, it was harder to get access to this kind of music in a place like that, even though actually Rochester gets a lot of access because it has a good free jazz community. But it seemed like people were 
super excited whenever anybody would come to town. Hmm. And my guess is that maybe a lot of those places, like, you know, Cleveland and Albany and just places where people don't have a lot of access to this music, that when someone like you guys comes to town, my guess is everyone who wants to check out this kind of music yeah, probably exactly. comes out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to see what, what what about tonight, like how many people shows up and how interest, uh, interested they can be. But usually, most of the times, like like smaller towns, there's always like bigger audience and right. like more excited maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah, cause, yeah, cause, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, in Albany, it's the third time that we're going to play at this guy's place. They, they have a band called Burn Teals. Oh, yeah. I know yeah, that, Jackson. actually. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah, they are amazing. And it's the third time that we are playing there. I think that Bill Nays had played there like maybe like five or six times now. <laughs> and last time we played there, last year, we, it was like the two of us and then Bill Nays and Paul Flaherty and Burn Teals. And it was like like almost like a hundred people, I think. And, uh, and Lana and Jackson, they were like, oh, there's... Too much people, you know, because it's like our show, but it's, right. it was so packed with people and everybody was happy. And it was like young kids from high school, I think. They, they all came with like a mini, like a small bus and they were so excited. They were coming and saying, yeah, that's the first time we see something like, you know, like this kind of music played live. I was like, yeah, it's kind of thing that when I hear them, I, I, I find like... A, yeah, like inspiration to keep on touring because sometimes it's tiring, like... You know, some gigs can be good and you can have, like, good response from the audience, but some other times there's, like, you have the feeling that they just, they're just not interested, just, like, passive, and, and you're like, okay, maybe, you know, it's not worthwhile. But then when you hear, even if it's, like, one of five gigs that you hear, like, some kids or, like, some people, like, saying, yeah, like, I never listened to this stuff, like, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start now, and then, then it's, it's giving, it gives me, like, power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think I was like maybe 15 or 16 the first time I started really hearing free music, like oh, wow. late Coltrane and Sun Ra and mm -hmm. Albert Eiler and things like that. And man, I, I remember thinking like I had no idea <laughs> this even existed. I mean, it's like there's a whole world of music out there that I had just never heard mm. and I couldn't even guess that it might exist. And so I I think it's so cool when, when kids get to see people like you guys mm -hmm. because, I mean, there isn't. Besides what they hear on the radio and what you can buy in a CD store, well, there aren't even CD stores anymore, but what you can download on iTunes, <laughs> there's like a whole universe of music out there. And it's so amazing when people get a chance to actually come and be exposed to people like you. I think it's really awesome. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> First. And yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's important, you know, because then they, they start maybe like, like, yeah, hearing other stuff and, you know, getting to know more. You keep people. the music alive in this way. Yeah. It's the first important things. The music must to, to be alive. And nowadays, everybody is too lazy <laughs> to play gigs. They prefer to stay at home, to watch YouTube videos, concerts and stuff. And well, people is lazy to go to gigs as well. Yeah, sure, yeah. 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 And I, I think, uh, and maybe you agree or don't agree, but I think kids particularly they haven't been like programmed yet to to know like this kind of music i should like and this kind of music i shouldn't like yeah exactly. so like i have two little kids like eight and five and i have i often play free music when they're around and they just think it's cool or crazy or funny or weird or you know exactly. sometimes they like it sometimes they don't but they don't have like categories of this i have yeah. to like and not like this is cool. exactly yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i think it's yeah because like, i mean 
thinking so many times about all these things that, that we are talking about now because like yeah they propose you know like like this kind of like pop or whatever you know all this kind of stuff that they play on like normal like radio stations whatever or like television and they just propose it as if as if it's like the thing that everybody should listen to but who decided that you know right for sure someone who doesn't listen music at all I right think. exactly it's just just like yeah just business most of the times and yeah pollution, pollution exactly right yeah but we were playing we were staying i told you with this kid nine years old and um yeah yeah like two days ago he missed his bass lesson because the teacher didn't show up and uh so his father brought it and said, okay, you'll have lesson with them now. And I was playing piano when he came in, and he was playing flute. And he's like, oh, I want to play, but I don't know what to play. And I'm like, yeah, just try to play something. And it was great, you know. And he was having fun. And and that's also, like, a good way to play, to start playing instrument. Like, if you can expose to other ways of play music, like, just, you know, try to explore your instrument and find out things by yourself without sure. without a... Western or like whatever you know, like teachings that is like always the same, like very straight rules and because there are so many. Yeah, there are so many kinds of music in the world because we are we are listening a lot of like folk music from all over the world, and there are there's some music that like some like small ethnic groups that they have like music that like to our even to our ears we are like what is this you know like this is so crazy and and. I mean, there's everybody has his own rules. You can create your own rules. So, and yeah. I think, and I've said this on this show many times. I think all children improvise, mm. and then they're taught not to. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe if they're lucky, they learn again when they grow up hmm. how to do it again. Because yeah. if you're a kid and you sit down at a piano or you sit down at a drum set, I mean, you just experiment and see mm. what sounds it makes, and see what you can hit and what you can reach with your hands, and what yeah. sounds nice to you. Mm. And then somebody, like you were just saying, David, somebody tells you this is wrong and this is right, it's not and fun. that goes away, it's right? Not fun for a kid. <laughs> yeah, the kid must to have yes. yes, the kid must to have fun when have to play. So this is the important things. When the kid lose interest, lo- of course there is no more fun. So. Yeah. If I think teachers are not really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have to have the right one. Yes, but it's difficult. Mm. I think uh, Mm. it's not. It's more rare than. Mm. Yes, maybe it's more easy to found uh, a piano out of tune than a good teacher. (laughs) 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 That would be a good T-shirt. are there some particular performances that you've been a part of that you kind of always remember some mm. some things that have happened or places you've played that you think oh wow this was this was one of the good ones oh. uh you mean like concerts we have seen no or? been a part that you've played oh, okay yeah yeah um well talking about venues there's there's like one of the best venues or maybe the best venue in Europe it just shut down and um it was run by a friend of us Moritz he's coming tonight Oh, okay. And uh, it was like a train wagon in Stuttgart in Germany. And it was like one of the best places ever. Like really amazing and what very made it, good What vibe. made it good? Sorry? What was what was it about it that made it good? Because like the guy who runs the, the, the place, like first it's a train wagon. So it's something like in, like very unusual, you know. And it's still on place like on the railways. And um, so it's, there was like a just, there was just like a magic atmosphere. And the guy, the guy who runs it, he used to have like, it was to be... Yeah, like very passionate and 
like really involved in music and just doing it for passion. And then we play this other place in Copenhagen in Christiania. Christiania is this like for that for those who don't know, this like independent city inside Copenhagen kind okay. of. And uh, there's this venue which used to be like an old cinema. And they they put like sand all over the floor, oh, so wow. yeah, like it's like it's being on the beach is like crazy, like, <laughs> a very crazy place. Yeah, there are many places. I don't even remember all of them, but yeah, there are so many nice places. I really like when when it happens that we are playing in some place like completely like in the middle of nature, like in a forest or some like places like that. And some gigs we have seen that really stayed in our minds. Well, last year in Copenhagen. Hartmut Garken mm-hmm. and Famududo Moye from Art Ensemble. Yeah, that was like amazing. Yeah, yeah, they played like 20 minutes set, like duo, and, and then they invited us, the two of us, to, to join them. But I was like, oh, no, I would, we should just stay here and listen. But Hartmut was like, ah, come here, like, come on stage. <laughs> and we were like, all right. That was really amazing. They had like uh, four tables, like filling the whole stage with like a lot of like music from all over like music instruments from all over the world like stuff that you have never seen before right. <laughs> like any kind of things and, and this, these two guys they are like amazing together like very big inspiration I think yeah were they both people that you had listened to a lot um, over the over well the we listen Art Ensemble of Chicago a lot and sure. Harmut we knew him for we know him for like four years now okay and before meeting him we never heard like we never knew about him because he's He's a musician, but he's, uh, he doesn't really goes to play gigs. He, he used to do a lot of stuff in the 70s. He, he invited the Sarah Orchestra in, in Cairo, in Egypt, in 71, like the time that Sarah went to. Right. Yeah, like you can see this video of him on the pyramids, and that yeah. was Harmut Gerken inviting him there. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And they played at his own place, the orchestra. The, and I was like, wow. Wow. So he, he has so many <laughs> stories and... Yeah, he wrote biography of him. Yes, but anyway, like, we never knew him before, and then when we met him, we started listening to everything. And nowadays, he's one of the, like, really gave, I can say he's one of those who gave us inspiration, and Domoye as well. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. the uh, the last question I always ask everybody is, is there a a book or a film or an album or something not, not necessarily connected to your music, but that mm-hmm. you'd like to tell other people about, just tell other people to check out. Uh, about records, David. This World Experience Orchestra is one of our favorites. Yeah, check it out. I think you cannot find the vinyl, like the actual record anymore, because it's impossible. But you can find some blogs, like find it for the download. World Experience Orchestra. And this band... Actuala, I'm just naming the most sure. unknown things because right. maybe someone can get to them. Uh, How do you spell that one? A K T U A L A. Okay, it's an Italian band from the 70s, like kind of um, like psychedelic, but it's completely acoustic, like soprano sax, guitars, oh, bit, cool. bit on the wave. Someone tell like Tajimal Travelers, which is another of our, of our favorite bands from Japan. Sure. And um, Arika is another band that we really like. Do you know them? I don't. Yeah, I think no. they they don't play anymore because it, it's now it's just like a meditation resort. Okay. Or something. It's like A R I C A. Okay. Like really nice stuff. 
And well, if you talk about records, we can. Oh yeah, our favorite, I think, duo record, sax and drums, is Jackie McLean and Michael Carvin. Oh, that's Antiquity. A great record. You know yeah. that? Yeah, I think it's like really one of our favorites. Yeah, but there's so many, yeah. <laughs> so many records. And about books, David doesn't like to read at all. <laughs> And I was reading much more in the past. Now I don't have much time. Like the, the times when I start reading nowadays, I'm just reading like comics, like I don't know, like Mickey Mouse, like, <laughs> just, just to change, you know, thought, not to think about music or other things. But yeah, when I'm at home, I read quite a lot. And um, yeah, check out if you find. I think it's easy to find any book. He only wrote three books. George Gurdjieff, okay. you know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed um, Big Sur and the Oranges of yeah. Hieronymus Bosch by Harry Miller. That's, that was one book that I really enjoyed. Well, so many others. Yeah, too much. No, that's but, great. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And movies. I don't know. We don't, we don't watch many movies nowadays. Like, really. We don't even have television anymore at our place. So Me either. They stole it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's not true. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, movies we don't watch. We we. Watch some docu- like music document to documentaries sure. and we just watched with Adam this my name is Albert Tyler, which oh, we have yeah. never seen before. So yeah, I like I like music. We like music documentaries and nature documentaries. The nature documentary yes about animals. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And uh, yeah, we lo- we watch like when maybe when when we have time like like some videos, you know, like YouTube videos just to sure. see. Because sometimes there's bands that never plays play live or like you know some like folk music like traditional music you cannot hear it easily like until you don't go there so that's the thing that we sometimes we spend hours doing like checking out like the most crazy stuff yeah that you can find <laughs> that's great my guests are Virginia Genta and David Vanzan from the Juclo Duo and they are on a tour across the United States and uh, it was so much fun to talk to you both thank you both for being on the show thank you very much thanks thanks,
That's music from Juklo Duo and their new 7-inch vinyl single, The Warrior. I can't remember if I thanked anybody at the top of the show, so if I didn't, uh, thank you to the Respect Sextet for recording the theme music to this show. They're online at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Vrabel, who designed the show's logo and who is at twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. Thanks to the Juklo Duo. Please go see them as they tour the country. Just follow the link in the show notes to thejazzsession.com. Uh, you'll find it in the show notes in this episode at thejazzsession.com is what I was trying to say. Uh, click that link and you'll find all the tour dates. And go out there and support them, won't you? Thanks. And now, did I say any of the stuff I'm supposed to say at the end of this show? I have no idea what's going on. I'm just recording a bunch of intros all at once and I'm kind of confused. Uh, I'm Jason Crane. This is The Jazz Session, presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. That's probably it. I have no idea. I, I may have forgotten everything else I was supposed to do during, <laughs> during this part of the show. But in any case, you've heard it before, right? So become a member at thejazzsession.com slash join, and then turn off all this electronic stuff. Get out there in the real world and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And then come back here next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.